Farm-to-table restaurants are known for local farm food. But what about the wine list? For one local chef, local wine is just as important on the menu. Hi, I'm Steve Ammerman, New York Farm Bureau Director of Communications. New York has nearly 500 wineries with 35,000 acres of vineyards spanning every region across the state. We're one of the largest grape producers in the country, and the wines are increasingly gaining in notoriety and winning awards. And if you visit The Marshall, a restaurant in Manhattan, you're guaranteed to try many good ones. Charlie Marshall is the chef and owner of the restaurant. He's also the president of the New York Wine and Grape Foundation Board. We spoke to Charlie about running the restaurant that works closely with local farms and wineries and what the present and future look like for grape growers in the state. Well, Charlie, thanks so much for being with us today. And you, know, you have a really interesting story. Obviously, you have your restaurants in the heart of Manhattan, Hell's Kitchen, but you didn't grow up in the city, didn't grow up in the restaurant business. You grew up on a farm. How was that experience for you? And how did that set the stage for what you're doing now? Well, I not only grew up on a farm, I, I grew up in my parents' restaurant in a small community in the, in the heart of the San Juan Islands, a little place called Lummy Island. We had the only restaurant on the island or in the community. I took a ferry to high school every day, went to a one-room schoolhouse before that for K through six. And it was a really great way to grow up. I think when you're young, you don't appreciate it, but when you're older, you certainly do. Somehow it's, I guess, more romantic in retrospect. <laughs> than it is when you're actually doing it as a kid and you have more chores than all your friends and all that. But it was a really magical way of growing up and growing up in a a restaurant that was supplied by my parents' farm and growing up working all the time and having that real work ethic later in life because of that childhood experience, I think was really the most valuable part of it. Because when you're a business owner, whether you're a farmer or you're a restaurant owner or whatever. If you're working for yourself, you have to be motivated. You have to have a work ethic. You have to wake up every morning and no one's there to tell you what to do. So it really did prepare me there a lot of my own. And when it came time to open your own restaurant, those influences, you know, set the stage for what you're doing at the Marshall. You're focusing on local food. You're working with, with New York producers and producers yeah. in the city area. And talk about that influence for your restaurant. For sure. Well, I think that everyone wants to open a restaurant that represents them. And so you see people coming from overseas and opening restaurants with the, you know, serve the kind of cuisine that that they are familiar with or that they're really good at, you know, cooking, making, preparing. You see people who, anyway, my theme turned out to be farm to table because I grew up farm to table. And so we really decided to take it a step further than most restaurants and make our wine list 100% New York wines. We've been doing that for 10 years, which is, I think we're still the only place that does that in New York City. And our bar is all local as well to the Northeast. And then, you know, the the food is local as well. So I think one of the most rewarding parts of it is really getting to know the local producers because that passion translates into the food and into the drink and having a story behind each thing where you're not just, you know, serving you know, something that came from somewhere you don't know. Everything has a story and it's a really valuable lesson, you know, for, for chefs and for customers and for our employees. But it wasn't easy to get going to to cater to to, to local farms and, and, and your customers, you know, providing that menu. There were probably some challenges in the beginning. And, and what were some of those challenges? How did you work through them? And, and maybe there are some lessons that can be learned for, for other chefs and, and restaurants who are looking to do the same thing. Sure. 
Well, I think that one of the biggest challenges we had at the beginning was figuring out how to source things locally in a timely manner. Very often, we are used to as chefs ordering and having the food show up the very next morning. And so you never have to really know what you're going to use in a week. When you're ordering from local farms, well, they have to go out in the field and pick it. They have to wash it. They have to you know, put it in bushels. They have to put it in a truck. They have to figure out who's going to town this week. And so usually you'll order on Friday for Tuesday or Monday for Friday or sometimes Monday for the next Monday. And so you have to really learn what you sell and what you expect things to do and pay attention to the calendar. And when, you know, when is Mother's Day coming up? When is Easter? Is Christmas slow or is Christmas busy? Are you open on Christmas? How many days are we open next week? All seven, just four, what's going on? So it's a really different way for chefs who aren't familiar with preparing their food that way to do it. It's also really rewarding because you get to, you know, you're always seasonal. It's funny when it's, you know, it's sunny out now and people are like, where are the strawberries? It's, well, the strawberries aren't in season. Well, they're on everybody else's menu. Well, they're, they're not in season. <laughs> it's sunny, but it's not time for strawberries yet. But I can give you asparagus and ramps. So it is, it's a really neat way to kind of experience seasonality. And you, you, sometimes you expect asparagus and it's still two weeks away because that's just that year. That's how it is. And, and that's how it goes. Farm pubs were a really big issue for us or a big, big help for us that really weren't developed when we first opened 10 years ago. There was Grow NYC, which is the wholesaler branch of the New York farmers markets. It's run by the city of New York. And it's really great. It, it delivers directly to restaurants. It is, does have a large lead time as well. But now we have other farm hubs that we work with, like Farms to Tables, Veritas Farms. And so having that diversity of sources means that they all kind of reach and work with different farms. And we're able to not only be a little more competitive with our pricing, but also just have access to more products. So how, when it comes to your wine list, Again, like you said, you're maybe the only one in New York City that focuses solely on New York wine. How did you go about cultivating that local list as well? Which is probably a little bit of a different tactic than how you secure your food. You still have to go on and learn about all these great wineries and vineyards. Um, so how was that process? Long. It's been a very long process, a 10-year-long process, and I'm always learning more. <laughs> when we first opened 10 years ago, I think there were you know, like fewer than 200 wineries in New York State. And now there are over 450. So the wine industry in New York has grown with us. Um, and they've not just grown, they've grown up. And so one of the lessons that we learned very early was people were willing to accept an all New York list as long as they didn't feel like they were drinking examples of New York wine, meaning they're happy to have a glass of New York Merlot, they're happy to have a glass of New York Chardonnay, we're right next to the Broadway theaters. We get a lot of people who are just, they're here for the food. They're here for a great experience. They don't necessarily want a lesson in New York terroir. They want a glass of Chardonnay. And if it's from New York, that's fine. It's just got to be good. And by good, that means the same as the Chardonnay they had yesterday somewhere else that was from California. So we kind of had to learn to adapt to our customers and what we offered, at least by the glass, and then kind of make our educational moves about how New York wine tastes and what the unusual things that are going on in orange wines and pushing things like lower alcohol and higher acid kind of in our bottle sales, but really trying to be approachable with the things that we sell by the glass. And I think that people appreciate that and enjoy it. We sell a lot of New York wine. 
the relationships that we developed really develop in, in multiple ways. A lot of New York wineries can distribute, well, all New York wineries can distribute directly, not all do, but we like to work directly with some wineries. And so they'll ship us their wine and, and we sell the wine and we pay them directly. Then others work with distributors and we will work with those distributors and get that wine in. And some wineries just prefer to do it that way or feel like they get more market exposure or whatever. But the, the direct is really nice because I can find a winery that I really like and they may not be selling to anyone in New York City and I can be the only person carrying their wine in New York City because they just ship it to me or their uncle is coming down to the city or up to the city the, the next week and they'll throw two cases in the back and they'll invoice me. So it's really a, a, a much more personal way of doing business when you're doing that kind of direct business with the wineries. So we appreciate it. Well, it's also kind of exciting too because like you said, somebody may come in, sit at your table and have never had a New York wine before or not realize the industry and how big it's grown and the quality that we have here in New York. And they like the Chardonnay, they taste New York Chardonnay and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to start buying more New York wine or become more interested. So you really are an ambassador of sorts for the New York wine industry. For sure. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, when in Rome, right? And when in New York, and if you're going to have a farm to table restaurant in New York, I don't think one should say, well, my lettuce is from down the street, but all my wine is from Italy because the excuse is, oh, well, my customers, customers want their wine to be from California and France and Italy. I don't think that that's necessarily the best way to, to approach it because we're in the middle of a really burgeoning, beautiful, award-winning wine region. And these wines really should be shown off. And especially in the last, I would say last decade, the quality of the wines that are coming out of New York has just increased exponentially. And, and that's partially because there's so much more wine being made now, but it's also because there's so much talent and people really care about what they're doing. We're really lucky in New York in that these wineries are independently owned and operated for the most part, all, almost all of them. And so you really have heart and soul and mom and pop and the kids working together on, on something they're really passionate about. And so you get a lot of really amazing wines that have a lot of care behind them. Well, and that's led you to your role at the New York Wine and Grape Foundation, a great organization that promotes New York wine and grape growers, and you have a leader role in that. What is the Wine and Grape Foundation all about, and, and what is the, really the mission of the organization? Sure. Well, I mean, I think, I think you said it. We're there to promote wineries and grape growers and provide membership services and also to promote research and trade. So it's really a multifaceted and multi-tiered approach to supporting wineries and grape growers in New York State. It's a very diverse group. Not all wineries grow grapes, most do. Not all grape growers make wine, many don't. And so you are dealing with farmers and wineries and it's a really, it's an exciting space where I think the foundation has made a huge difference in its 30 year history. One of the most important things I think that they've done recently is they've started a sustainability program, which will create a sustainability mark, has created a sustainability mark, and New York wineries are already participating in this. And it's just an effort to recognize wineries who are following certain guidelines and meeting benchmarks to create sustainable wine here in the New York region. And that plan will soon extend across the entire state. That's a really important project and, and, and mission there. And I also... We knew we were talking the other day about the export market and really trying to expand New York wine around the world. And New York really does have a brand to 
to itself. And that does help if someone is in Italy looking to buy a bottle of wine. What is the Wine and Grape Foundation doing in regards to the export market and really kind of spreading the word about wine around the world? Certainly. Well, we have an export program and we work with member wineries who want to participate and they are taken to different wine markets in Europe, they've gone to Asia, up to Canada, and we promote these New York wines overseas. And it has resulted in just really great uh, placements overseas of New York wineries wines. So, I mean, we're in Germany, we're in London, we're in Japan, we're all over the place. And this is a lot of this has been made possible by the foundation utilizing USDA MAP funding. And this has been used to get these wineries in front of the buyers overseas. And like you said, New York has its own brand. So whereas a New Yorker might say, New York wine, what's that? Someone who's from somewhere else hears New York wine, they're like, wow, New York, I love New York. I'm going to love this wine. I want to buy it. And so it's it's a kind of a foot in the door for a lot of these wineries in this award-winning wine region when they're overseas. New York is a great brand all itself. Going back to the sustainability side as well, and, and, and ultimately, I guess, even exporting, you got to have the wine to export it. And, and you mentioned research, and that really is the foundation of, of uh, finding new varieties or helping our growers be better, do better, find more pest-resistant varieties, things like that. And New York Farm Bureau is more closely with the, the Wine and Grape Foundation to get some state money to support that research. And, and really, how vital is that research to the overall industry in New York State? Well, I think it's very vital. And, and you know, that's why most of it is entrusted in, in through different projects that are done, mostly through Cornell, Cal's extension. They are doing a ton of really, really important projects. Some of them are multi-year projects, some of them are one-year projects, but a lot of this continuing research especially is incredibly important. And so, you know, the Wine and Grape Foundation funds that to the tune of, you know, 600 something thousand dollars a year, depending on, on the year, but right around there. And right now there's less focus on, on creating hybrids. There's more focus on disease resistance, finding different solutions so that we're not using as much or any herbicide or pesticides and also trying to figure out you know what we're going to do with the spotted lanternfly how can we you know resist things like this which is going to it's going to be a huge issue we hope not but it could be a huge issue for vineyards and so there are always new things popping up and you know it's we're there to help Concord grapes. So what do we do with Concord grapes now? They're, the market is this strong. So there's been research done in that area over the last couple of years as well. So it's really, it's the future and that's what we invest in. Well, talking about the future, what do you think the future is for New York wine and grape growers? And how excited are you about the possibilities and, and what are you most looking forward to when it comes to, to New York wine? Well, I think when you talk about the future, you know, the present is pretty exciting right now in New York wine. There's just so many amazing wines are out there. I do think that there are a lot of wineries now. There are 450. I've heard, you know, some winery owners even kind of complain maybe there are too many places for people to go. I I tend to think that the future of, of New York wines is really trying to get more people in the New York metro area out to Long Island and up to the Finger Lakes and up to the Hudson Valley and up to the Lake Erie region 
to those wineries for short vacations. I think that that's really important. I think, you know, you say, oh, no, there are, now there are 450 wineries and there are too many places to go, but millions of people are here, here in New York. And if we have 20,000 restaurants in New York and there are enough people to fill them, then certainly 450 wineries shouldn't be an issue. So I'd love to see more of that in the future. And that kind of, which the Wine and Grape Foundation is investing in really, you know, getting people on their cars and upstate and out to Long Island and really trying to make sure that New Yorkers know about this wine region. There's so many really don't, like you said before. I think the other side of the future of New York wine is one of huge advantages environmentally, where if you look at other wine regions, you know, the three other largest wine regions, where New York is the third largest, and there's Oregon is fourth, Washington State is second, California is first. The West Coast is, and I should know, I, that's where I come from originally, is faced with some pretty enormous challenges over the next, you know, decade or two that they're going to have to learn to, they're either going to have to address or adapt to mostly fire and water pressure, which we've all seen on the news, you know, these whole vineyards on fire and droughts and, you know, thank goodness they had a, a, a wet winter this year, but that is pushing a lot of talent out here. And I think that it's going to be very beneficial for New York over the next 10 and 20 years as we see that New York is not experiencing fire pressure, we're not experiencing water issues. And uh, it's just going to make for even better New York wine. As more talent comes out here, more investment comes out there. Yeah, and I think that could be said really for, for all of New York agriculture, how it's it's positioned because of we're lucky that we have the natural resources and the climate that we do have here in New York State. I think just one of the interesting, interesting things that you were talking about or a lot of people may not realize is that you said, you know, hey, you could take a trip to Long Island, the Finger Lakes, upstate New York, or, or the North Country. There literally are, are wineries in every region of the state. It, it's not just one particular area. The industry is large and it's, it, it's thriving in, in, in every part of New York. And I think that's really exciting. Yeah, it really is. And it's, and it's, it's funny because people say, what is New York wine like? You know, and you kind of have to say, well, it's a really big state with very different environments. And so Hudson Valley wines are different than wines from way up in Thousand Islands and, you know, Alexandria Bay. And those are different than the ones in the Southern Tier. And, and then you go out to Long Island, and you know, finger lumps, and it's, everything is a little bit different. And the weather is, is different and the challenges are different for the farmers in each of those areas as well. So not only do we have different areas, you know, all these different areas with great wineries, but they're all very different and they're very diverse and, and that's reflected in the wines. Well, hopefully when folks are traveling around, not just to wineries, but going into the city, they can go to the Marshall, have a great meal, have a great glass or, or two of New York wine, uh, really enjoy themselves. So, so Charlie, really thank you today for, for talking to us and, and learning a little bit more about the New York wine industry. And, and we wish you and the restaurant and, and our wineries the best of luck. Yeah, well, thank you very much. We look forward to having any of the Farm Bureau podcast listeners in. Ask for me when you come, I'll say hi. The Marshall is located on 10th Avenue in Hell's Kitchen neighborhood of Manhattan. And for more information and to check out their wine list, go to its website at the-marshall.com. The Wine and Grape Foundation can be found at newyorkwines.org. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, edited by Seth Moser-Katz. And as always, remember to thank a farmer for all that they do. 